0: Every team, every topic, everywhere this is believe Welcome back to a wild card weekend edition of Believe in 49ers presented by the Believe podcast network and bet online. I am your host, Tommy Call the Third. You can follow me on Twitter at tommy underscore iII triple I for the third. You should know that by now we've been doing this for a little while. You can also catch all of my written work about the 49ers via USA Today's Niners Wire. After six games and multiple snowstorms, freezing Arctic-level temperatures, the San Francisco 49ers have officially advanced to the divisional round of the playoffs. Well, they didn't play anyone and they had a bye week, but anyways, it's a divisional playoff weekend ahead for the 49ers, and they officially have an opponent. After barbecuing the Dallas Cowboys on the road at Jerry World, the young Green Bay Packers will be coming to Santa Clara on Saturday night for a highly anticipated playoff game with a ticket to the NFC Championship game on the table. While we're going to touch on that matchup, we're going to dig into all the first round of playoff goodness, wild card weekend, some other news and notes from the 49ers this week. That's what we got lined up for you on the pod. We're going to do a separate podcast previewing the game against the Packers, but first we want to talk a little bit about, you know, the playoffs and we got to talk about Adam Peters' departure to Washington. A quick breakdown and some of my thoughts from each game in the playoffs. Maybe some thoughts on the Golden State Warriors as well. I mean, a loss to the Memphis Grizzlies without John Morant, Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain. Yikes, people! Should they be sellers at the deadline instead of tw- trying to like swing a season-saving trade? Never mind. I'll leave the dub stock at this because this is a positive. This is a positive podcast. Like I said, the 49ers, they're advancing to the divisional round of the playoffs via bye week, but still, big things ahead and a lot of positivity when it comes to the football space in the Bay Area. But before we dig into this episode and get back to football, I have a quick message from our friends over at Bet Online. With the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all of the up to second odds news and scores with additional odds lines trends and info on both desktop and mobile you can access the world's best wagering information any head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds remember to use the promo code believe b l e a v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and now we're going to get started look at that look at that shout out to our friends over at bet online for giving us a little segue there adam peters let's talk about that before we get into the playoffs because his you know departure from the san francisco 49ers is a big deal and was deserves to be talked about a little bit The now former assistant GM is taking over the rebuild of the Washington Commanders as their new general manager. Congrats to Adam Peters and his family, a great guy, hard worker, extremely deserving, a grinder who's worked his way up the ranks over a 21-season run in the NFL. Started as a scout with the Patriots, won a pair of Super Bowls in New England, won a Super Bowl with the Broncos in 2016 before helping John Lynch in Santa Clara You know, starting the run of the Lynch and Shanahan era, Adam Peters was a big part of that. He added the experience side. When Lynch was coming off, you know, working in the broadcast, Kyle Shanahan, a first-time head coach, Peters brought that level of confidence, stability, and all the things that come with experience. During his time with San Francisco, Peters was in the draft room when players like George Kittle, Fred Warner, DJ Jones, DJ Reed, Dre Greenlaw, Lenore, Hufenga, and Brock Purdy, all landed in San Francisco with their day or t- day two or day three picks. That is an incredible. I mean, reading that list, that's an incredible resume of late round finds, and he definitely had a hand in that. And you know, during his time with the 49ers, he's denied teams like the Titans, the Cardinals in the past. I think he had. You know, requests from the Raiders, requests from the Chargers this offseason. And he's denied those. And it looked like Peters was kind of destined to take over the 49ers. Maybe a GM in waiting situation if John Lynch ever moved on. We obviously understand that John Lynch had a title change recently. Maybe they could have shifted Peters to the actual GM role while Lynch was the president of football ops. However, he's now landed in Washington a home run higher for them. I believe, you know, he's now going to be tasked with finding a new coach in Washington after Ron Rivera's departure, and I think he's the guy to kind of turn that around, see if Sam Howell's the guy, whether they go draft somebody, trade up and go get somebody. I mean, if you're picking a guy that's available right now to run your football team from top to bottom, I think Adam Peters is a candidate that I'd want to roll with. I feel very comfortable. And you talk about some of the guys that, you know, have pumped out in John Lynch's football ops tree, GM tree, whatever you want to call that. You got Carthon in Tennessee, who looks like, you know, they maybe found a decent enough quarterback in Will Levis. They obviously just fired their coach there. Tajay Spears was a great draft pick. Um, you know, they got some young talent there that he started he's developed so i think you know teams are going to get very comfortable tapping into john lynch and whoever's in there as you know a potential candidate for you know to reinvent their team to reinvent the um you know the front office there and i think one thing that's interesting that i want to kind of remember is you know speaking of the warriors uh their former gm he A championship winning GM, an architect of his own, Bob Myers, served as a uh, consultant on this hire. I thought he was a, you know, I thought that was kind of a fun Bay Area connection. Peters played football at UCLA. Bob Myers played basketball at UCLA. A lot of connections there, both from the Bay Area. Um, But yeah, now they're both in Washington uh, trying to kind of reinvent the commanders. And while we don't have any indication yet on what the 49ers could do in the front office, with peter's departure i mean they could look in-house you know just looking over some of the available options a guy that's been with the team for a while is Tariq ahmed who has you know he's been their director of college scouting could martin mayhew who was the former general manager of the commanders he's worked under lynch in the path in the past could he you know switch back to the bay area now this will be one of the 49ers biggest question marks heading into the offseason you just can't understate how impactful peters was on the 49ers team um so again that will be one of the things that will be heavily focused on in the offseason but luckily for the 49ers hopefully the start of the offseason isn't for another couple weeks because it's the playoffs and that's what we came here to talk about today we wrap things up on monday night with some absolute tomfoolery from the Philadelphia Eagles, and we'll get there later. But let's just run it down the list, starting with the first game on Saturday. It felt like the playoffs took forever with two games each day. Do you guys – me. I love my football Sundays, and I get like – wanting these teams in games to stand alone but there's just something about playoff football being on sunday and when it's on saturday and i've done this for a few years now and even on monday it just i don't know it loses a little bit of its lust allure to me 49ers they'll be playing on saturday night i'm sure now that the games are limited we went from what six to however many four um like i said before in the past not a big math guy but i don't know that's just my quick quick little rant on the playoff scheduling but the first game we had on the list was the Houston Texans against the Cleveland, Cavale- Cleveland Cavaliers Cleveland Browns I write about basketball too, people sorry starting with the Browns against the Texans though man I mean what can you say about CJ Stroud and D'Amico Ryans for that matter I mean I think Maybe most people thought the Browns would kind of handle business in this game. The Browns' defense, the experience of Joe Flacco, would just be too much. Ouch. The Texans, to my surprise, look very, very real. It's worth noting that in one offseason, the Texans found a franchise quarterback in C.J. Stroud, a franchise pass rusher, which is also very important, and Will Anderson – and a coach that a team and a city believe in with D'Amico Ryans. You can't understate the belief that is happening in Houston right now, obviously with such a familiar name, with D'Amico Ryans and his legacy there as a player. Teams go years, decades, trying to accomplish that, that three-sweep right there. Coach, pass rusher, quarterback, quarterback especially, and the 49er excuse me and the texans did that in one swoop over the offseason and you know i this team even if they you know go out to the baltimore ravens which i think no team nobody thought the texans would be in this situation you got to look around and you say i don't think this is really much of a one-year wonder situation you got you know you look around that team you got nico collins who's been an absolute stud tank dell who got hurt but looked like a stud laramie tunsell all-Pro left tackle Derek Stingley Jr. really good-looking young corner, and it looks like the AFC South runs through Houston, in my opinion. You know, it's hard to believe in what the Jaguars, the Colts, they have a young quarterback. The situation there in the South, I mean, it feels like it is the Texans' division to lose. And I'm, you know, I'm a big believer in not counting someone out until they actually fall out. They have to prove that they can lose. When these teams, like we saw from Brock Purdy, like we when he started his career so hot, we wanted to see what does this look like when he fails. How does he bounce back? So far, with you know C.J. Stroud, except for maybe playing you know Michigan in the horseshoe at Ohio State, C.J. Stroud has really yet to miss. So if I'm a Ravens fan, I would feel a bit concerned. Texans, man, they're exciting. It's hard to not be a fan of what C.J. Stroud is doing there. Uh, moving on to our next game this is kind of going to be how we're going to handle each game just quick touch bases on it give a quick opinion on what i think and what's to the future spend a little bit more time on some of the games that stood out talking about games that stood out negative four degrees kansas city you know you look around at the postseason you see some of the teams that kind of struggle struggled in the latter half of the regular season the chiefs you know they didn't look great similarly to the eagles look like a team you'd probably want to play in the postseason however there was one team you might want to play more than all of those and that was the miami dolphins i thought the dolphins would play better in this situation i thought they'd answer some questions about what's going on there and when i envisioned the dolphins winning this game with the weather for some reason i had this vision of 49ers versus packers nfc championship raheem mostert Dominating and Kyle and Mike McDaniel taking the ball out of Jimmy G's hands. I thought Mike McDaniel might handle this game very similarly, but boy, was I underwhelmed. Maybe it was the weather, maybe it's the trust level of Tua, but the game plan was miserable to watch. I didn't think McDaniel called in a stellar game. Tua obviously played bad, but very just predictable run after run. I thought the Dolphins defense kind of hung in there relatively tough tough enough to give their offense a chance this offense that we've heard so much about but phew i mean is it tua i mean maybe i think he's not as bad as people say he is he does have his low moment low moments and especially in these prime time when everybody's watching it seems like tua is especially bad but their situation is something to watch in the offseason because it does mirror, to an extent, Jimmy G's time in San Francisco. He had his haters and the people that defended him. But, you know, will McDaniel hitch his horse to that wagon because, you know, the Finns are another late-season collapse away from him potentially being on the hot seat. And, you know, the, 49, excuse me, the, the Dolphins are going to have to answer a lot of questions when it comes to his contract situation and we can kind of nip the comparisons of like Tua and Brock Purdy, and I thought that they had some relative, you know, similarities, they were two guys that threw with a lot of timing-based stuff, ran a similar offense, Um, but Brock Purdy has been flat out better than Tua at this situation, and, you know, I think we can kind of nip those comparisons in the butt because their situations are just completely different at this point. Who knows what happens in the offseason if the Dolphins commit to him with a big money contract. I mean, he's looked great at times. The numbers are there. We've all seen Tua play well enough, but there's just, I think every person listening to this podcast right now can say there's just something doesn't feel right about that situation. I don't know if it's the matches there. And will McDaniel be aggressive, be like Sean McVay, and try and go get a quarterback like McVeigh and the Rams did with Stafford. I don't know what quarterback could potentially be available that they could go out and get to kind of solve that problem and move on from Tua in a similar situation with Jared Goff. I don't know if the Dolphins are there yet or if Mike McDaniel is actually there yet, but it's just a situation to monitor. Um, The Packers and... The Dallas Cowboys this is the next game we're going to talk about. I mean, speaking of frauds like the Dolphins, hello, Dallas Cowboys. You know, maybe I'm a fraud because I picked the Dolphins. I also thought the Browns could potentially win, and I also picked the Cowboys. And it's kind of funny to think of the connection between the, the Finns and the Cowboys and that Christmas Eve game that was, you know, a highly anticipated game. That really was the fraud ball of all fraud bulls. And, I mean, is the Dolphins are the Dolphins fraud champs because they went, won that game? Or are the Cowboys the biggest frauds because they lost and then got blown out by the Packers? And we're going to talk about the Packers a little bit more later in the show. I'm going to give you my reaction, my first thoughts on the matchup against the 49ers. But, man, my goodness, Dallas, what happened? Jordan Love has been good, but he's also been bad at times this year. And that defense... With Green Bay, it's, it's not good, and they destroyed Dallas. Dak looked the worst he's looked all year. The Cowboys' defense that I believed in got absolutely mowed down, and I really thought the Cowboys were a real threat to the 49ers in the postseason. Instead, they will meet the Packers while the Cowboys are at home. Man, I think the Cowboys are very close to just blowing this thing up. In Dallas right now, I mean, I'm not sure if it's just going to work with Dak. Definitely not Mike McCarthy. I mean, he's got to go. The Belichick pairing, it's there. It seems like it's going to be an easy fit, a smooth kind of transition. But a side of me thinks Dallas needs to go with, like, one of these young play callers. These retreads aren't really working. And maybe Dan Quinn, he shifts from the defensive coordinator role. But to me, it makes sense to kind of just wipe the slate clean with this coaching staff. Maybe even some of the players. I mean, that game, to me, left so many question marks about where the Cowboys are. And I know 49er fans, Cowboy fans, we know the rivalry. We know the Cowboys are easy to laugh at and make fun of. But, I mean, I thought this team, let's just talk about the football side of it. I thought this team was good. And you look around, like I said, the question marks, like, what's wrong with Tony Pollard? The Cowboys really couldn't run the football? against a team that got torched by the Carolina Panthers at one point in the season, what happened to the Dak MVP campaign? Similarly to I, you know, I root for Dak because I feel like, to an extent, these, you know, playing quarterbacks is one of the hardest jobs in sports. And in all honesty, you know, there's maybe five to six of them who play at this ultra-elite level, and there maybe another five to six that play at a high level, and Dak and two of both belong in a second-tier, you know, but the, the criticism they get to me is unfair in all honesty. Maybe it's watching a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo makes me feel like this because I think he's in that group too. You could maybe even lump Brock Purdy into that group. Jared Goff. You know, a few other QBs that are alive right now in the playoffs. But anyways, back to Dak Man. It looked rough. He morphed into the old turnover prone, looked to check down or go deep, nothing really in between. Um... Defensively, the Packers walked the ball up and down the field. Everything worked for them, everything. Jordan Love looked like Aaron Rodgers' 2.0. Aaron Jones looked like in his prime. Those young pass catchers were wide open, Stephon Gilmore looked way past his prime. Michael Parsons was basically an afterthought. I thought Matt Lafleur's game plan for Parsons was awesome—sending multiple, you know, chippers at him, sending guys in motion back across the field to slow him down. You know, I think that's something that the Packers will try to stick with and install when it's going up against Nick Bosa. But I mean. The Cowboys, a lot, a lot of question marks. A team to watch in the offseason because I don't know if they're going to try and run it back. I don't know if they're going to try and blow it up. I mean, the awkwardness between CeeDee Lamb and Dak even on the field. I mean, it was a weird game, weird situation, and a, a, truly an embarrassment. And there was multiple, multiple embarrassing games in the playoff. Teams that, you know, are on their way to Cancun right now that are probably not sleeping that great. Um, and the Cowboys are definitely, definitely – in that picture, but, you know, enough about them. Let's move on to arguably the toughest team left in the NFC playoff picture, the Detroit Lions. I really thought a third matchup with the Rams in the playoffs could spell bad news for the 49ers. I thought, you know, McVay and Stafford would kind of walk down golf in Detroit again wrong. Yikes. Good thing I didn't give out picks or anything like that because, oof. Congrats to the Lions. First playoff win since 1991. I was just born. That's the first Lions postseason win in my lifetime. The Lions, you think of Detroit football, in my opinion, you think of, you know, hard nose, run the football, toughness, Dan Campbell style football. While the Lions do have a touch of that, man, they are fast. They are dynamic. Ben Johnson does deserve, you know, those interviews for head coaching positions because that offense hums. Amon Ross St. Brown. They have a ton of playmakers. And what else can you say about Jared Goff? Their defense holds up very well as on you know, as well. Double wells there. But yeah, I mean I think the Lions are kind of the toughest team left in the NFC and rightfully so i think they're very real i think a matchup with the 49ers would be a really good game sorry folks if you hear a little crying in the background i have a. as some of you know if you've been listening to for a little bit i have a nine month old daughter here and uh yeah she's down for some sleeping right now doing the sleep training thing and you know, sometimes uh, she'll wake up and cry a little bit, and we just got to tough it out and uh, let her try and fall back to sleep. But anyways, so that's why if you hear a little crying in the background, that's what that is. Um, shout out to all my parents out there, all my first time new p- parents grinding, trying to figure this whole thing out. Wild stuff. Um, but yeah, Detroit Lions, I thought that game, I was really excited for that game. I thought it was very poetic that Stafford was going back there. Um... Obviously, he looked a little banged up in that one. When does he not look banged up, to be honest, though? And just, yeah, I think the Lions are one of the better stories in football. This year, you look around the playoffs and you look around some of these teams that we, you know, at the beginning of the season thought would kind of break out. It seems like the Lions are the one true team that are actually kind of doing that, coming from, you know, a non-playoff team or a uh, be- being real and kind of turning into you know, an upstart team, a team that has a legit chance to go on a run here. But unfortunately for the Lions, it is going to go through Santa Clara. Um, we got two more playoff games we're going to touch on before we get into a little Packers kind of reaction, first thoughts to matchup and everything. Um, but before we just get out the door here, I'm going to touch quickly on the last two um, playoff games. You know, the Bills against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um Despite, you know, the, the Steelers kind of fighting back late in the game, kind of doing their weird Steelers end of game, make it, let's make it close thing. Um, the Bills, you know, they're just, they're a wagon right now. And I think the tough stretch of games where they got beat by the Dolphins, beat by the Chiefs, uh, excuse me, they beat the Dolphins, they beat the Chiefs, they beat Dallas kind of all in a row, all in a stretch, beat the Chargers. It really woke them up. I mean, they seem just incredibly hot right now. And the, um, You know, now the Chiefs have to come to a snowy Buffalo. And, uh, you know, that's the best game on the docket, in my opinion, for this divisional round. Chiefs at Buffalo. I think it's going to be an awesome game. And, you know, Josh Allen is really playing like, you know, Superman right now. And I'd want no part of that. They're just kind of riding the hot hand. And that's kind of what it takes in the playoffs. We've seen it before. And credit to Sean McDermott because this team – kind of looked asleep at the wheel early in the season and they've really really turned things around like kind of I mentioned with that hot stretch to end the season and now a good performance in the first round of the playoffs um you know but speaking of asleep at the wheel paging Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts wow just like that the Eagles are out of the playoffs what else can you say what a miserable collapse to end the season you know I'd say the three most disappointing loss losses of Wild Card weekend was you know the dolphins the cowboys and the eagles you know why the cowboys got blown out i still think that eagles loss is the most embarrassing and disappointing by far you know credit to baker mayfield and i love mike evans i think he's a hall of famer one of the better wide receivers of our generation and if not the best wide receiver of this current generation but the bucks just they're not a very good team i mean and they we saw what happened when they played the 49ers we've seen them look Terrible at times this year. And they absolutely dismantled the Eagles. Made their offense look unrecognizable. Losing Shane Steichen, losing Jonathan Gannon, really hurt this Eagles staff. They looked poorly coached. They looked like they didn't care. The scheme was terrible. I mean, it was a tough watch for the Eagles. And, you know, Jalen Hurts, at one point, I thought he deserved my MVP vote. Thought he was a true, tried-and-true MVP candidate. And again, unrecognizable bad football from start to finish for the Eagles. And now they're out of the playoffs, on their way to the offseason vacation wagon. And, you know, genuinely in my opinion, the three toughest opponents in the NFC were the LA Rams, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Philadelphia Eagles. They're all eliminated before the 49ers have even played a playoff game this season the path to the super bowl you know don't want to take anything for granted don't want to jump ahead but it's hard to kind of not look at that path and go nod your head a little bit and be like okay okay you know obviously the 49ers are one of the best teams in the nfc regardless but i think this team and where they're at right now and they look around at some of the other teams in the playing field and go okay okay we can handle business and kind of get 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 to las vegas not easily you don't want to say that but um you can see the path is what i'm saying and the first kind of stop on that train is the green bay packers and you know i've talked about them a couple times already but i want to kind of give some first initial reactions to when i saw that the packers beat the cowboys and That they're going to be playing the 49ers in the divisional round and i think it's pretty simple i think the packers defense just isn't very good yes they played well against the cowboys maybe their best performance of the season but let's not forget bryce young baker mayfield tommy devito lit this unit up three straight times the packers pass rush is solid led by rashawn gary but kyle shanahan will target guys like Walker, Devondre Campbell in coverage. Their is banged up, starting with Jair Alexander, who's maybe their best player on defense. And I think that's truly just the mismatch in this game, and I trust the 49ers' offense much more than I trust the Packers' defense. And, you know, the the Packers' offense, that looked very, very good against the Cowboys, and Jordan Love deserves a lot of credit. He had some really bright moments this season. Especially this past Sunday against the Cowboys, making a lot of off-script throws, you know, using different launch angles, coming up with some big third-down cons- conversions. And I think, man, he spins the football very pretty. But let's remember, the, off- the offensive unit is still very, very young for the Packers. And outside of giving up some explosive plays, a rested 49ers defense should absolutely overwhelm that young group on offense for the Packers. And I think this team and coach, Matt LaFleur, need to be taken very seriously because as we saw on Sunday in Dallas, LaFleur can still cook as a game planner and play caller. But I think with a week off, there's really no excuses for the 49ers. It comes down to just handling business for them, and that business is the Green Bay Packers. And, of course, it wouldn't be the playoffs, it wouldn't be the NFC playoffs, it wouldn't be the 49ers' run. If they didn't play the Packers. We should have seen that. We should have knew it wasn't happen. If there was a route for the Packers to play the 49ers, it would have happened. It just seems like the standard now. When it comes to the playoffs, especially in the NFC, these teams always happen to meet. And we're gonna preview a lot more in the next episode on believing 49ers later in the week. That's just a few thoughts and my initial reaction to the matchup. But that's going to wrap it up for this edition, this Wild Card weekend edition of Believe in 49ers here on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you to everybody who listened. Like I said, we'll be back in just a few days to talk more about the 49ers divisional playoff game against the Packers. We'll preview that game in full, give out some prediction, give out some bets, and I'll have that up soon. So please subscribe to hear that. Stay tuned. Follow me on Twitter, all that stuff. You can hit me on Twitter if you want to talk some ball. You got to take a player. In the NFL draft, you got a good prop bet that I need to look at. I'll always ride with my Believe in 49ers listeners. Thank you to our sponsor, Bet Online, And that is going to do it for us, folks. We will be back soon to preview 49ers versus Packers in the divisional round. And with that all being said, I'm going to try to see if my daughter is going to get some sleep tonight. Thank you, everybody. Be back soon.